0: Romumu.org. For more information about the other JCast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit JCastNetwork.org. This time of the year is a complicated time of the year. The Shabbos, the shortest Shabbos of the year, or the longest night. The solstice, the time when the sun stands still and darkness reigns. Winter is coming winter is here It's at precisely this moment of course that every tradition that we know of speaks of light and the birth of light or the discovery of light or the search for light. it is a universal theme. We just finished our beautiful eight-day holiday of Hanukkah with its lights and its coming week our Christian brothers and sisters will herald in a holiday that also speaks to light and the birth of light of a vision of someone who was willing to sacrifice their life, or at least they believe for the sake of humanity. Light and the triumph of light over darkness. We find that theme, of course, in the Torah tomorrow morning, but we don't need to look at the Torah to feel that it's been a dark year. We didn't need the Torah to tell us and reflect back to us that this year has been a year that is and has been for many of us a year that has been full of anxieties and fears a sense of a slipping away, a sliding of signifiers things that used to mean one thing mean so many things or things that should mean something mean nothing each and every one of us in our own way I know for me the complication of this year the reflection of external darkness and complication in my own personal complications around this time of the year. And for many of you, maybe. For me, it felt hyper-exposed um, as this week began last Sunday with us going to the the new Jewish home around the corner on 106th Street and together with a group of incredible musicians, troubadours, Carla Friend was there and Rabbi Shoshana Elise was there and a whole group of our seekers, we all went to visit and to bring song to those who are living there. And I came with my wife and my three kids, my three boys, and it was the first time they had ever been to the New Jewish home, but it wasn't my first time, not just as a rabbi. I used to go as a kid to visit my Nana Bessie. My mother's grandmother lived in the New Jewish home. It wasn't that new back then. And I remember as a kid, that feeling when I would walk in and I, I would want to walk out. I remember coming in and feeling it felt old to me. I used to tell my mom, you know, I, I don't want to go to visit Natta Bessie. It's so old over there. Not wanting to be in an environment that would make me feel not up, I avoided it but my parents said you gotta go so we walked in and and it was amazing because with the music there and with everybody lifting spirits it just asked my boys how do you feel they said oh it's so happy here everybody seems to be so engaged and they're singing and it was wonderful and with that space they could see the devotion of all the caregivers and i could notice maybe for the first time since I was a kid, how much love there was in this space. How much love there was from children visiting their aging parents. How much love was in this space from caregivers and from those who were working there on a Sunday, around the clock. How much light there was in that space. And I capped my week this morning by visiting... Remember Jeffrey Goldberg's mother, Shirley, who also is in a home in Queens. And with this envelope of a week, feeling into what is the inevitable sense that we all have of impermanence, of dukkha, of suffering that is by very nature of being human being, that thing that slips away, life itself ebbs. And into that ebbing of life love and hope and light are born and reborn. And that is what we as Jews and Christians and Muslims, we celebrate that as if to say against that truth or maybe because of that truth that is unavoidable, we will not avoid it. We will approach it. And with approaching it, maybe that approach is the answer to the natural inclination, which is to do a dance of a void dance so it's complicated this time of the year and people come home and friends and family, it's all complicated it's all really misubach. and the Torah wants us to know that there is an etzah tovah. there's a good piece of advice that I just mentioned but they mention it as narrative tomorrow morning it happens every year at this time of the year It's that moment that we've all been waiting for as Chazan Jeff just mentioned. It's Sholom time. It's reconciliation hour. It's when the entire book of Genesis comes to its climactic close. Everything has been building up from the beginning of the story of Genesis until tomorrow morning. For all of you who have been holding your breath, it looks something like this. God creates the world, human beings come into it, and they make a mess. And the mess is expressed, the mess expressed is that siblings can't seem to just get along. Parents, no problem, Freud, a couple hundred years later. But siblings have a hard time. Brothers feel there's only this much to go around. And the cry of Esau, one of those brothers that should have possibly been reconciled with, it resounds and redounds throughout history. The cry of Esau, does my father have only one blessing? And so we come to the brothers. And those of you who know the story, of course, the brothers see their brother Joseph and they throw him in the pit. They strip him of the the multicolored coat. He gets sold down to Egypt. And this has been the way the Torah has been rolling for the last couple of weeks. Every year. Until tomorrow morning. Where Joseph, who is not known as Joseph, is known as Tzafnat Paneach, he's got an Egyptian name, the brothers don't recognize him. Joseph has brilliantly and deceptively and precisely recreated a story and a test for his brothers. That will see, it'll really, we'll really get to see what they're made of. We'll get to see if they have transformed themselves. Is transformation possible? So Benjamin, the youngest of the children, is also from Rachel, Joseph's younger brother through Rachel he's now been accused falsely of having stolen the goblet of Joseph the most powerful man in the world and now the brothers have come back to Joseph guiltily expressing their fear and remorse they say all of them we will be slaves to you and this is the moment we've all been waiting for I get shows every year when I tell this story. I cry every year. It never gets old. And Judah got up. Judah rose up. Judah, 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 Judah. Judah who learnt from Tamar, a woman on the margins who had an experience that changed him forever. Judah, who lost two of his own boys before their time, Judah stands before his brother, not knowing if his brother, and says to him, take me, instead of Benjamin, take me. Every year. At this complicated moment, when darkness reigns, at least in this hemisphere, every single year, when we are searching for light, searching for Joseph, searching for something, there is a Judah, and there's a Judah in me and a Judah in you, that says, here I am. I'm willing to give myself up for the sake of this family. Just think for a moment about the power of Judas' transformation. Where earlier on in the Torah he was willing to sell his brother, he was the one who sold Joseph into slavery, and now he stands before Joseph in the exact same scenario. And not only does he, of course, he comes through, right? That's the story. It's the happy ending. It's Hollywood. It's the first happy ending in the Torah. It's like everything's going to be okay. It's all good. Twenty-two years. I haven't seen you. All good. But Judas does something remarkable. He does something remarkable. He is willing to close the gap. He is willing to step into the breach, into the thing that must and wants to be avoided in order to touch it. Vayigash elav. Just those two words, Vayigash elav. And he came close. Just imagine what was going on in that moment, how fraught that moment must have been for each of the characters. For Judah, who now is having post-traumatic stress disorder. It's coming back to him. Isn't this where we were 20 years ago? Wait a second. Is it all happening? Is deja vu. There's the pit. There's Benjamin. Can I get over the hump? Can I do it differently this time? And then there's Joseph on the other side going, are you really approaching me? The last time you approached me, it didn't work out that well for me. (laughs) But I'm here hidden behind my mask of being an Egyptian viceroy, right? But I'm okay. I'm okay. He's probably thinking internally there's a Joseph narrative inside. He's going, calm down. It's okay. It's okay. You're stronger than him. You have the army. You're okay. This moment is incredible. Vayigash elav. And he approached him. Vayigash. He approached him. Think about the power dynamics. Studies about touching In the workplace or in other places that involve power, you don't go over to your boss and just throw your hand on your boss's shoulder and say, hey, how's it going? (laughs) Judah must surmount all of these things in order to be victorious. The Hasidic Rebbe say something profound. The Hasidic Rebbe say that Judah is... The one who asks Joseph the deep question. Joseph, who is inscrutable. Joseph, who is the depths of the deep. Joseph is in the allegory of the Hasidic masters. Joseph is God. And Yehuda is every yearning soul wanting to know how God runs the world. You get that? Yehuda, Judah becomes in the Hasidic Tradition, He becomes the personification of the soul's desire to plumb the inscrutable depths of God's mind. And Joseph, in the story, becomes God's mind. And so that every human being, from the Buddha, to Ramakrishna, to the Chavez Chaim, to every human, to each and every one of us that has ever approached God and said, can you explain to me, old age... Can you explain to me the process of aging, of impermanence? Can you explain to me why horrible things happen to really great people? God, can you explain to me why humans must suffer? Why must it be this way? Why must there be this darkness? Why should a despotic ruler like Herod or anyone else who is known for buildings... Come to power and try to snuff out the light, taking advantage of the most vulnerable refugees who are there in Bethlehem in Bethlehem, the smallness of his ego, Herod's, his jealousy. So here we are, folks, every year, right as the soul as, as the sun comes to a standing halt. Recognizing the birth of light, recognizing the power of our narratives and our stories to bring us to a place. And here the Torah says two words, really one word, Vayigash. Go look it up. Look how many times in the Bible the word Geshunah or Gosh, which means to come in touch, come close, is representative of redemption, of freedom. As if to say to each and every one of us that when we are faced with the thing we want to avoid we have really one healthy option and one unhealthy option the unhealthy option looks like this and the healthy option that the buddhist tradition, the jewish tradition, the christian tradition, the muslim tradition, the hindu tradition all of them say is Don't just mind the gap, close the gap. Close the gap. Reconciliation begins when we step over the thing we thought we couldn't step over. Reconciliation begins when we reach out a hand that we didn't think we had the power to reach out. Reconciliation and healing begin when we walk into the place that was dark and we say, Okay, I think the Messiah was born in here. And don't say, okay, that was a Christian message. You know what? It's a universal message. In this place, redemption is born. Even when I walk in the dark, love and presence can be my light. So we stand in and we watch the breath as it rises and falls, and old patterns flood the mind. And we stay with it, the Judah in us asking the depths, can I hold this, can I approach you, it, this, them, all of it, there's a lot of work to do, there are a lot of articles to write, a lot of editorials to read, there's a lot of protesting to do, all of that, not tonight, not tomorrow, the year is coming to a close. and maybe today in our country there was a moment that will great, create even greater need to step back in to close the gap to find the light so go home tonight tomorrow and if you have a moment if you have a lover, a friend, a confidant someone that you trust Ask them. What gap do you need to close? What step do you think you need to take to get closer to that place? And how can I help you? How can I help you? In the end, on the Shabbat where we lift up Yiddish, the language of our people um, that they essentially created, a language basically called Jewish, rooted as it is in the word Judah and Jew I think there can be no stronger message of what it is to be a Jew and to do Jewish and to be someone who closes the gap between the thing avoided and the thing that needs to be touched the place that we run from and the place we need to live in that's what it is to be a Jew if you feel that you are Jewish in that way then we hereby dub you honorarily a Jew. And in that sense, may the world be full of that light, the light of Judah, the light of approaching, the light of touching, the light of stepping into the breach. May God bless us to not only mind the gap, but to close it with courageous steps.